join us on August 6th for Family Sunday. It's a family-friendly service with guest speaker Eric Camp. Child care is provided for kids three and under. There will be prayer for all students heading back to school at the end of service. And then Aqua Grande will follow the 10 a.m. service on the East Lawn with water games, obstacles, and competitions. Free food will be available for lunch. Funnel cakes, water, and pop will be available for purchase as well. Flyers and sign-up sheets are at the Nerve Center. Good morning, Only Believe family of faith. How is everybody? It is so wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to see all of you here today, all your smiling faces, to be in the house of the Lord, house of miracles. God is here with us today, and live streamers, it is so good that you are joining us this morning. Uh, we miss you, love you, uh, we're praying for you. Come see us if you're able. Uh, to do that. I have a, a couple of announcements to make. First, there's a, there's, a, there's a thing in this church we do, and that is pray first, because prayer is powerful. And so there's a team that's going to run around, and they're going to give you a card that you can write your name on, you can write your prayer requests on. I uh, encourage you to take one and um, put down what you need, what you need help with, because the Lord is here, He's listening, and prayer is powerful. Also, um, if you have a cold, or even if you don't have a cold, we're doing a tissue drive for the local schools, and uh, right outside the main doors here, you can see there's a bunch of tissues. We're at 689 boxes. Yes! We need 100 more, so go to that place you order them and have them shipped directly to the church or bring them in under your arm. Uh, either way, we're, we're, we're trying to bless the local schools because that's what this church does. So um, before we get into the next uh, event, I just want to talk to you a little bit about joy um, because I have a joy, 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 joy down in my heart. You know why? You know why? You should have it too because the Lord Jesus has saved us. And when he gave us salvation, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in us, and we are a temple of the living God. And there's nothing that our God can't do. So if that doesn't give you joy today, I don't know what will, because he is a faithful God. And he said, every promise I've made in the Bible is what? That's right. Yes and amen. And uh, we serve a faithful God. And if you can't find joy in the fact that he has promised us and sealed with the Holy Spirit, he has sealed our salvation, we will be with him in eternity. That's joyful. That's joyful. We all have joy. And speaking of joy, we have a couple of people who are ready to be baptized with the Lord Jesus. So I'm going to turn your attention to the baptismal now. Pastor Tim.
All right. Well, stand to your feet. If you've got the joy of the Lord, what do you do? You praise, you worship, and you dance. defeated on the cross you took the pain and place for us now fear has lost and love has won and victory becomes our song I see the light burst through
Jesus. Over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus.
We're excited to share with you a little bit about what God did this weekend at Pump. So I'm going to, you can have a seat if you want to. You can stand up if you want to. You can shout Jesus if you want to. It's all good. It's all good. Thank you, Jim. I love it. Yes, uh, it was it was awesome. This was an incredible year of camp. And in a few moments, we're going to show you a video of how, how camp ended. And it was really special. Uh, it's never ended this way. To my knowledge, uh, many of our leaders, we were trying to think through. We don't think it's ever happened before. But it just really kind of gives you an idea of what the Lord was doing and how he catalyzed, crystallized, carterized, whatever the word is. You know what I'm trying to think of. Uh, to just seal the deal for our students, but before we show you the video, and uh, I just gotta thank our incredible adult staff that went to help us out. So if you're one of our adult leaders that was at camp helping us out this year, if you'd stand up for me real fast. Yeah, give it up for these people. Incredible, incredible. This year, this year, to the best of my memory, to the best of my memory, I only prayed with one student. The rest of the ministering that took place was with these adult leaders who show up week in and week out with me and serve your students, and they got to just pour into your students this weekend. I'm so grateful for them. This was the easiest year ever. I just preached. Everything else was done. I don't even know what happened. I wasn't at most of it. It was amazing. So I'm just so grateful for them and the work that they put in. 
Um, and it's easy to stand on stage and be like, look what I did. It's not what I did. It's what they did. They were incredible, incredible people. And so if you want to thank anyone for what the Lord did in your students' lives, make sure you find one of my adult leaders and thank them because they were on the front lines doing it. So thank you, team. Um, we're going to show you this video. As we do, if there's any students that want to, I didn't prep you for this, but if you feel like you'd like to share just a little bit of what God did in your life this weekend at camp, we'll let a couple of you share, not all of you, but if a couple of you want to share as this video is playing, you guys can just come down here and we'll let you hear straight from them what God did. But uh, watch this video. Show them your face, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, it was super good. Completely spontaneous. That was not planned. Uh, we had one student who came up and said, I want baptized, and I want baptized right now. And so we called the camp and said, unlock the pool. We got to get in there. And we let the students know, hey, this guy wants baptized. Anybody else? And hands just shot up. And... Uh, Mm, if you only knew, if you just, you have to be there to get it. But parents, I just want you to know, I know there were a lot of parents praying for a breakthrough. Like your prayers were answered. I'm just telling you, the Lord did some amazing, amazing things. But I will say this before we give it up for any students that want to share. I just want to say this. Parents, if your kids were at camp, give them a little time to process. It's a, it's a very intense three days and the Lord does a lot, but sometimes you got to have a little bit of a time to, like, debrief and just, and just kind of reconcile what all took place. So just give them some time. And if you want to have a conversation, start with this. What's the funniest thing that happened? 
And you're probably going to hear a story about somebody passing gas or, you know, something like that. But just let them get the funny stuff out because if you let them just start sharing, it'll, it'll just start to come back to their memory. And just, and just watch. Watch what the Holy Spirit does. So do we have any students that want to share? <laughs> I actually thought about doing that on stage, and I thought, ah, it's probably not the moment. They taught me a game called shadow boxing. I'm terrible at it, but occasionally I won, and it was a big deal, and everybody was super excited for me. Come on down. If you want to share, come on down. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. This is Emma. We baptized Emma at Pump. It was pretty cool. Go ahead, Emma. Hello. Um, so at Pump this year, I really didn't have a lot of expectations this year. I just kind of went in. I was like, just go in. And Pastor Tim, he started off Pump with saying, let this pump not be about you, but letting God work in your life and just making it about God and not about yourself. And that's what I went into. And God spoke through me, quite literally. He, Pastor Tim called saying, is there anybody who wants to share anything that they feel like the Lord is putting on your heart? And that was like, oh my gosh, that's me. I even wrote it down because the Lord spoke to me, which I was like, whoa, that doesn't happen a lot. But then I wrote it down and I just thought, I'll share this with Tim later. And then Tim was like, anybody? And I was like, God, this is my moment, isn't it? He's like, yes. I was like, I don't want to do it. He said, too bad. <laughs> so I went up and I shared what the Lord told me to share. And it was something that I never felt before. I felt like God was speaking through me. I felt like he was the one talking and it was just my voice because it's the voice that he chose. And he also chose to take that voice away during pump. So thanks for that. It was one of the most gratifying moments of my life because I really felt that in that moment on the first day of pump like God was there and he was ready to walk with me and I'm ready to walk with him for the rest of my life <laughs> it was good this is Gracie she has my favorite last name out of any person in the history of people and it's death rage is that just not a powerful, okay, maybe you're not as excited about it as I am, but if in American culture the, the husband took the wife's last name, I would make her wait till my son got old enough so that my son could have the last name Death Rage. Anyways, Gracie, what did God do in your life? Um, so going into pump, I felt kind of like hopeless, and I feel like I needed God to do something, and I was praying for a lot of different things, and... There was multiple people that came up to me and like the Holy Spirit was talking to them, to me, and they told me things and everything was just 100% matched up. And it was just crazy because it was all the things I'd been praying for and that I needed the answers to. And so it just really like sealed my faith and my hope in Jesus and made me believe in him like 100% because I know that he's real and I know that he's hearing the things that I'm praying for. Gracie was also in the baptismal video. She got baptized. This is Nathan. Nathan was also in the baptismal video. Nathan, what did God do in your life this weekend, buddy? Um, I was at a uh, really dark state in my life. I was suicidal. Um, I came in there not expecting anything to happen. They say lay your burdens down.
God came up. I felt him. I had one of the leaders come up to me. God spoke through them, told me everything I've never told anyone. I got rid of that mask I put on every day, that fake smile. It's gone. Praise the Lord. I love it. I love it. That's why, that's why we tear up, because I know stories, you know. I know what that baptism means for these kids. It's just, it's good stuff. This is Charisty. Charisty was also baptized in the video. Charisty, what did the Lord do in your life? Something God did for me over pump was I came into the pump never expecting to be baptized. Um, I've always wanted to do it, but I never thought it was the right time. And when every praise and worship, I would feel his presence and I would know that it was time for me to give up the hurt and the pain and the trauma. And I would always know, like, no, because I have to, it's a part of my story, but I know that I can breathe now with him and it was my time and the pain and the grief and the everything, it's just gone just because of that. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Those are just four. We had I think eighty-two students at camp this year. And um, so many stories and just such powerful opportunities. So, again, um, I just want to thank our amazing staff. Those stories, the people ministering, it wasn't me. It was our adult leaders doing all of the work. So, again, they come in prayed up, ready to go, ready to just serve and love on these kids. And, and we know that you as parents trust us. That's why you send them. And you're praying for them as well. And I just want you to know God hears and he answers. And we're so grateful. And uh, that leads me into tithe and offering. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. What happens at camp in a, in a major way is built on what happens all throughout the year. Because a lot of the stories that we saw resolution happen at camp, we know about them. And we're walking with your students. And, and you're walking with your students. And we're praying for God to have a moment in their lives. And they're consistently being poured into every time that they're here. And it, and it culminates in something. The Lord does something with all of it. And tithe is one of the ways, tithe and giving is one of the ways that we're able to do this because it's how we're able to be here. We were able to have a facility where your kids can come and have a great time. Like we try to have lots of fun. Um, sometimes we have too much fun. Like I'm in lots of physical pain right now from the camp experience. I've got bruises all over my body. There's this cut on my face. One of our fifth graders woke up in a rabid, like it was a full moon or something. They attacked me in the middle of the night. It was craziness. Um, but, but all of that happens because you guys are faithfully giving. By the way, we don't, we don't charge enough to cover our costs to go to camp. I lose lots of money every year when we go to camp. And you guys come through for us every year by giving. I want you to know when you give to mission trips to the youth, to camp, that's what you're giving towards right there for that work to happen in their lives. Um, our adult leaders, they use vacation time to go spend time with your kids. I mean, most of us don't want to spend vacation time to go spend time with our kids. You know what I'm saying? We want to go just with our wife or something. But anyways, uh, they do that stuff. But your giving makes this possible for us to be here and, and to invest every week. 
Every week we just show up. And it's something that the Lord instituted in the nation of Israel. God established a, a family line out of the nation of Israel to be priests. And he institutes the tithe and the giving so that the priests are able to completely dedicate themselves to the work of the Lord, to ministering to the people and to minister to the Lord. And everyone else is to give to support that work so that they can be completely dedicated. I just want you to know I am so grateful to be in a church where I have the opportunity to be able to dedicate my time to this work. That I don't have to, I don't have to be bivocational and have another job and all that stuff. I get to dedicate, and it's because of the giving. So when you give, you're not just taking care of a building, you're helping pay me so that I can dedicate myself to prayer and the study of the word so that we can be there and do that. That's part of why God instituted and it's why we continue to do it today so that we can make the investment where it matters the most, where not everyone else can. You guys with me? So I want to encourage you to continue to give. And give with a little bit of a little bit more joy today, knowing what you're giving accomplished this weekend and what it accomplishes every week when we're here. Because we're sowing those seeds every single week and we get moments like Pump where we get to see a harvest come in at one time and it's always an amazing experience. And if you've never been to Pump and you'd like to go, I'm just gonna throw out the invitation. You're more than welcome to come join us for the last service next year. Not the whole time, because that would be too much for me to deal with. But you can come to the last service, and you can just see a little bit of what God does in your students' lives. And uh, it'll be amazing. So we're going to honor the Lord with our tithes and offerings this morning. If you would, bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to pray over it, and then you guys can give. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you that even when we can't see it, Father, even when we don't understand, even when sometimes it hurts, and it feels like we're being neglected, that you are always working. You're always behind the scenes. You're always maneuvering to, to capture our hearts and to bring rescue into our lives. And we just thank you. And we want to honor you today. We want to honor you with our money because you're the one that we trust in. Money can't buy us what you did for our students this weekend. Well, we really want you, Jesus, and we want all of you. So we want to joyfully give to you as a way of just saying we trust in you and all of our hope is in you. Father, I pray that you would be with our students. God, I just, with, with the whole church right now, I want to just ask you to rebuke the enemy that's going to come and try to steal, kill, and destroy the good thing that you did in their lives this weekend. He's going to come and he's going to try to steal away the seeds that were sown. Father, we just rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And we ask that you would continually just crystallize what you've done in their lives. Father, make it so firm that they can't ever go back. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you would, bring your tithe and offering down to the Lord. You guys be blessed.
I'm telling you, God was, did a, a, more than we could imagine this week with those children. It was amazing. Um, I just want to take the time before we get started today just to thank God for our other campuses that are sharing the word today at the same time, same places. Every week there's another work going on, right? Greater than only Believe Church in Botkins. And so just lift up your voices this morning. Lord, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for Kenton, Pastor Philip and Regina. We pray, Lord, right now for Urbana. Father, Pastor Kylan and Sister Margo, Father, as he ministers the word today. Lord, we pray for Brother Rick. And Sister Lynn, Father, as they preach the word tonight in Dayton. And Father, we just thank you for the mighty work that you're doing. Father, not just through Only Believe Botkins, but through Only Believe Church. Father, in all of our campuses, Father, people being broken free from sin and death and the grave. And Father, just being free of brokenness and depression in their lives. Being physically healed, emotionally healed, mentally restored, God to the place that they're to be with you, Father, that they could do a mighty work for you in the name of Jesus. Father, we lift up our senior pastor, Pastor Dosik. Father, we just thank you for healing in his body. Father, I thank you for cleansing the blood. I thank you, Lord, that his body is stronger than it's ever been before, ready for a second round with the devil. Father, I thank you, Lord, that his blood count has risen to the occasion to fight off the enemy. God, I thank you that infection is far from his body in the name of Jesus. Restoration complete is his. And Father, help Pastor Phyllis, Father, as she takes care of this man. That is hard to keep chained to a couch, kept in a bed, Lord. That he would rest and relax, Father, and truly, truly give in to letting his body heal. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for everyone that's been bringing food. And my mother said the other day she literally can receive no more food. She said, everyone cooks for an army. It's just your father and I, Nicole. I said, well, you could bring the food here. <laughs> so needless to say, thank you for all of your help, your prayers. They are just overwhelmed with your support, and they just say thank you. And uh, just keep praying. We literally last week were in the office, and I believe we've changed our next series that was in place because when pastor comes back, we want it to be a series that he just steps into and enjoys preaching, amen? There's some topics you like better than others. So <laughs> we're gonna do that for him today. So Lord, we just ask that you touch my lips as I go through this message today. Lord, and continue healing, Father. I just give myself to you and I just completely surrender myself, God, to be used by you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so we're continuing our healing series. Um, I love that um, the church is in this place. Um, by the way, I see, I'm seeing empty spots because I know where these people are. Um, keep one of our pastors in prayer. Um, every month, Pastor Dosik has this prayer and fasting here at the church where men come from all over the United States. But there's a group of men that specifically come from North Carolina. And um, one of the pastors down there lost his two grandsons this weekend in an accident. And so a lot of our church family has traveled down there and they've been spending time with the family um, to be at the viewing, at the funeral service, and they ended up staying last night and they're heading back home this morning. So just keep them in prayer. Uh, their son's name is Aiden and Keaton. And uh, I know my husband knew them well. Um, 
and my children had went hunting with, with a couple of the boys. So it's uh, definitely a sad day for them, but they're rejoicing because they know where those two boys are today. Amen. So keep them in your prayers. But when we talk about healing, we've been leading you somewhere. We've been taking you somewhere from the beginning to show where sickness comes from. Is God willing? Um, yes, he's willing. That sickness and disease was remedied at the cross. It wasn't remedied tomorrow. It was remedied before. It was actually prophesied in Isaiah before Christ came that he had come not only to forgive our sins, but to heal us of all our sickness and disease. And that's what the scripture says. It says he was wounded for our transgressions, for our sin, bruised for our iniquity, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. That means Jesus. And by, and by, and by the way, there's another thing I want you to know. And by his stripes, Jesus's, you are healed. Some translations say you were healed. How can you be healed if it was past tense when Jesus hasn't even come yet, when Isaiah is prophesying the word that healing is going to come? Because God had already, hear me out, I'm going to mention a bad word in church. God had already predestined you and I to be saved from the foundation of the earth. Predestination, not predestination of whether you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell, but a predestination that you have a choice. You have a choice to accept Jesus as your Savior. But when you accept Him as your Savior, you've accepted the predestination that God wrote into the history books and said that if you'll go this way, you are predestined to have a life of healing. You are predestined to have a life of blessing. You are predestined to have a life with no sin in it because I have saved you from death. Woo! That's exciting. You want to talk about predestination. That's the true meaning of predestination. It's not that you've been predestined to a heaven or hell. You've been predestined to a choice. And when you choose it, you can have heaven. Amen. Amen. So I want everyone to realize that healing is already yours and mine. It was paid in full at the cross. See, sickness has no place, no place in a son or a daughter of God's life. Say no place. Sickness has no place in your body. And you don't have to live with sickness. You don't have to just say, well, this is what my lot is in life. No, that's not what our lot is. The Bible tells us that our lot is healing, that our lot is blessing, that our healing is redemption. And if you and I believe in redemption, then we believe in healing because they're knit together like salt and pepper. You can't have one without the other, amen? I want us to turn to John 15, 7. It's our first scripture today. It says, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. See, his word in you and I, his word, the written scripture. Remember, Jesus came as the word and gave us life. 
So now that Jesus is no longer here, this is the word. This is him incarnate. And so when we read this, we know Jesus and God's plan for our life. Just as Jesus came to do the will of his father, which was God, we now, looking at Jesus's life, come to do the same thing. So if healing was for Jesus and Jesus walked around doing miracles, then healing is for you and I. And if his word is in us and we dwell and we stay in this place where we live and walk and move and have this in our being, then it builds a confidence in you and I that then whatever we ask, it will be given to you and I. Now, there's only one place in the Bible that I'm reminded of where Jesus could do no works. And I want to talk about, the day, about that today because I think it's important that if we really want to see God as the healer, then we have to say, is there a place that he did not heal? And if there was a place that he did not heal, why? And let's look at that. So I want us to move on to Matthew, the 13th chapter. And I'm skipping over some stuff because I think I'm going to be bit for time today. I'm just going to be honest with you. We got a lot of scripture to go through. And scripture is good. And the reason it's good is because the word goes forth and it's going to do what it's required to do in our lives. And when we read it, it builds faith and changes lives. Amen? So here's what it says, Matthew 13, 53. And I'm going to do this in the NLT. It says, when Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown, just like he went back to where he came from. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. Oh, he's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. This is the only place in which we find that he could do no great works. And another translation you'll find, the King James, which is a lot of us have been raised in this church, it says that in Nazareth there he could do no mighty works. He did a few small miracles, but he couldn't do anything mighty because they did not believe in him. Remember, they saw him as just Jesus. They saw him as Joseph's son, the carpenter, not the son of the almighty God who had been sent to redeem and heal their lives. Remember last week when I talked about if you don't perceive Jesus as the healer, then you won't receive any healing. It is the same thing in the scripture. See, the people of Nazareth saw him as a natural man. They didn't see him as a supernatural son of the most high living God. I question your heart today. Do we really believe in the existence of Jesus? Do we really believe that he can heal everything? Or does he only just heal what he wants? Because that's not the truth. 
The scriptures that we're going to unfold today are going to prove that Jesus is willing to heal, but he heals all. But my biggest question today for you and I is when does Jesus heal? When? We know what causes sickness. We know that he is willing. We know what he heals. We learned he heals physically, emotionally, mentally. But when does Jesus heal? Let's go to Mark, the 10th chapter. And we're going to stay in the four Gospels because we're going to be seeing the work of Jesus. It says, then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Barnabas, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. Now, keep in mind, this was Jesus of Nazareth that the people in Nazareth couldn't receive. They knew he was from Nazareth, and they were like, yeah, you're just like one of us, buddy. you just Jesus. You ain't got nothing special. Joseph's your dad. We know you. We grew up with you. Yeah, ain't nothing special about you. But blind Bartimaeus says, oh, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David. Hold up here. Not son of Joseph. Son of King David, the lineage of God the lineage of God's king, the chosen one that God chose to rule and reign over the Israel people, have mercy on me. In other words, blind Barnabas didn't see Jesus as just Jesus. He saw Jesus as the son of God and recognized him as the Messiah. And if he was the son of God, then surely, surely he could bring healing. Many rebuked him. Let me just remind you, the ones that rebuked him were the doubters. The ones that rebuked him were like the ones saying, no, that's just Jesus. He's just another man. At most, he's a prophet, but he ain't the son of God. Doubt. They told him, be quiet, shh. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and he said, call him. So they called the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Remember, we talked about desperation our desperation doesn't move God. Our earnest situation and crying and begging doesn't move God. But faith mixed with it moves the hand of God in our way. See, blind Bartimaeus had been sitting on that road for a really long time because a cloak back in those days identified you as a man who could not make money for yourself. You were allowed to beg because you had the cloak on. When blind Barnabas knew that Jesus was there, he immediately threw off his cloak, blind, mind you, blind, and ran towards where he heard Jesus was. He threw off an identity that said he was blind and put on a new identity by accepting what Christ was about to do for him. 
I like the word immediately. When God heals immediately, it's amazing. How many of you have had an immediate miracle in your life? Raise your hand. Immediate, 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 immediate. Good. It, look, at, look at all these hands. These are immediate miracles. And that's amazing when immediate comes. But not every scripture is immediate. Not every scripture is immediate. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Because it cannot be immediate. And when it's not, what do we do? John, the fourth chapter, 46 through 54, more scripture. It's another miracle. By the way, there's 37 of these. Every Monday, I call it Miracle Monday in my life. I'm a very organized person. And every Monday, I try to fuel my faith with something that has a miracle in it. If you do this for 37 Mondays, you can read a miracle. And when you're done, just go right back to the beginning. Because every single miracle births faith in your heart. It encourages you to believe. I like my father watches those old movies uh, from A.A. A. Allen, Smith Wigglesworth. Why? Because seeing miracles take place immediately. They fuel your faith and you believe in the God that is written in the Bible. And so many times we talked about God getting a bad reputation because of the situations that people go through and they, well, God didn't heal me. Well, there's multiple ways God heals. When is the question? And that's what we're facing today. So go to John 4, 46. It said, once more, he visited Cana in Galilee where he had turned the water into wine. Now, I want to mention here that Cana is 20 miles from where he's been. Watch this. As there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Capernaum and Cana are 20 miles away. Now, I don't know if this royal official had a horse and carriage. Uh, maybe he was a soldier. So maybe he had this, I don't know, this faster vehicle than everyone else had with just their sandals and their shoes. But how many know that it would take a while to walk from here to Lima, Ohio? Right? Took a little bit. When this man had heard that Jesus arrived in Galilee from Judah, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. It was a little rebuke. And the royal official said, sir, come down, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. Hmm. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. When he had inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time in which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. Now, here's what I thought about this was unique to the other story. It said, go, and he believed what Jesus had spoken. The man started on his way home. He had to believe that what Jesus spoke was real. Remember the first scripture that we looked at today. If you and I believe in God, that he exists, if you and I remain in him 
and his word remain in us, if we would believe, ask anything, ask anything, and it would be given to you and I. This man remained. He believed in the word. He believed in the Son of God. And his word alone, without seeing a thing. See, sometimes this becomes a struggle in healing. Because when we don't see immediate results, we don't believe that it happened. And this is a true struggle for Christians. This is what I call the fight of faith. Now when you don't see what you want to see, you have to believe that when you ask, you received in spite of what the circumstance says. Amen? Hebrews eleven six says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Is it possible that you and I are using our faith to get something from God. Like this though, in a bad sense. It's not that we want him, we want what we can get from him. Hear what I said. Are we using our faith to get something or are we using our faith because it pleases our father? See, there's the difference. There's a difference. Because God isn't a genie in the bottle. If you remain in me and my word in you, then you get to ask what you want and it will be given. See, I think sometimes we look at Jesus as a drive-through. Hey, Jesus, oh, um, oh, here's my faith. Now give me my healing. So when we don't receive immediately, we're looking through drive-through healing. When God's not after a drive-through, he's after a remain-through. You remain in me, and I'll remain in you. In other words, don't you just drive through and tell me what you want and demand from me how you're going to get it on the day you want it, when you want it, and then if you don't, say that I was unfaithful. See, Jesus promised healing. The word tells us that we will be healed, but it didn't tell us that you'll get what you want, when you want, and how you want it. He said, if, I-F, you remain in me, and my word remain in you, then ask anything, and it will be given to you. Some of us have to stop looking at Jesus like a little genie in a bottle that we get to just rub and ask what we want when we want. And he comes out and says, oh, what can I do for you? It's not always how it works. He continued on without seeing or hearing anything. See, there are requ required situations or situations that require you and I without seeing, without receiving a miracle right then that we continue on for 20 miles by foot. 20 miles by foot. And see, it said that he, what he was doing was he was obeying the Lord. He could have gave up on the way. He could have gave up and not believed in our Savior right away. But that's not what he did. Jesus, see, Jesus didn't even do it the way he wanted. He said, Jesus, you come with me. Come with me. My son
son lays almost dying. Come. Jesus looked at him and said, go. Your boy's not sick. And this man on one word, on one word, could you and I take one word from the scripture and say, yep, yep, God said it, I'm healed. I'm healed right now, right today. See, there was a working that was happening and then it was that very same hour. So there's immediately and there's the very same hour. It's different. You don't think the scripture could have said immediately the boy was healed and rose up? It's about the father's walk of faith. Not seeing, not hearing anything different. And you know what was amazing? God sent the household. And I don't know, maybe it was halfway. But God said, hey, David, you're going to take off and you're going to start to do what I've asked you to do. And when you do, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till you get maybe to the point. How do we know? Maybe he was starting to break. Maybe he was starting to think, well, I just don't know. And God said, whoa, master, you can't believe what just happened. Your son is living. And he's like, oh, thank you, Jesus, because I didn't know if I could take one more step believing. God met him where he was at with his faith. When he went, he went blindly. He said, you know what? I'm going to take you out your word and I'm going to go. And I'm going to begin to walk. And then he realized that it was that very same hour. God had already moved. God had already done what he said he would do. There was no distance, no time. And Jesus didn't have to do it the way this man wanted it done. He did it the way he needed it to be done. He done it the way you and I needed to hear about it being written in scripture so that we would know it wasn't immediately. And sometimes when you don't get immediate, you have to walk and you've got to believe even though you don't see. And you've got to understand that God will meet you where you are. And when you can't take one more step, he's right there with you. Yes. And healing has come. Healing has come. Let's go on to the next one. We're going to look at Luke 17, the 11th verse through 19. This is another good one. I've got so, I'm telling you, I got so many favorite script mem or miracles. I don't know which one's my favorite anymore. The more I read them, the more I find little nuggets in there. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. And he was a Samarian. Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where's the other nine? Hath no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? For he said to them, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Here again, we look at the scripture and we see that there was no denying that even when Jesus said go, they were still lepers. 
there were still open sores on them. Literally, we've just came in contact with the master. He said the same word as he said to the royal guy in the story before, go. They're still lepers. But see, something began to change because as the lepers began to walk away, they believed in the word that Jesus had spoke. And that by the time they got to reveal themselves to the priest, see back then lepers were an unclean thing and anything they touched was unclean. So before they could be deemed clean, they had to go to the temple to be examined by the priest. And then the priest would let them know whether they could go back into society or not and go around the people. So as they began to walk, we don't know how long it was from here to the synagogue. We don't know if it was in the same city. We don't know if it was in the next town. I don't know where it was, but here's what I do know. It says that there was no, man, no physical manifestation yet in their body when Jesus said, go. But as they began to walk, the manifestation began to come. The second you come in a miracle line, and there's a prayer given over you. And as you begin to walk away, though you see no manifestation on the outside, though you see no difference in maybe the elbow and the click that's in the arm, and you just keep walking it out, and you keep believing, and you hold tight, you hold fast. It said, as they went, they were healed. Sometimes, immediately, in the very same hour, or as they went is the way healing comes. It's not always the same way. But here's what I'll tell you, that one leper came back. And when he came back, what was he doing? Thank you, thank you. How many times do we go through the drive-through of Jesus? We go through the drive-through of God. We get what we want. We made the exchange, we gave our faith, we got our healing, and we just keep on walking and never return back to the feet of Jesus. And never stop, we stop seeking, we stop remaining, we stop letting his word remain in us because we got what we want. Ooh. Come on. You know what this is? This is 10%. I'm, I'm a math lady. There was... What, how many lepers? Was it 10? Nine left. 90% were unthankful for the touch of God. And 10% were thankful and gracious for what he had given. And came back to worship at the feet of Jesus. To remain in him and his word to remain in them. I ask you, church, do we just treat it like a drive through have we, have we become so so shallow in the things of Christ that we see him as a genie in a bottle or a drive through at McDonald's. And if it's not fast enough and we wait a little too long, that we're frustrated and aggravated at the Savior because he didn't do what we want. He didn't come to our house and heal our boy. I think of the blind man in the Bible. It talks about him being there and Jesus spat on his fingers and rubbed it in his eyes. I don't know about you. I don't want no preacher down here spitting in my eyes. Is that how we're going to receive our miracle? 
If it's not the way we wanted, are we going to be mad? How about the gentleman at the pool, the pool where the angel came and stirred it? And he said, I can't get there. He had every excuse in the book why he couldn't get to that pool in time for the angel, right? I don't know about you, but I don't care if my arms, my legs, anything was broke. I'd be willy-worming it to the wash. I don't care. I'd, I'd be having people throw me out of the water. I'd sleep in the water at night before the angel came if I needed in the water, amen? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. But the point was is that he came and then he was told, go dip in the river, you can't get to this, but you can get you to the river. Go dip seven times. He said, why would I dip in that river? Just let me go over here and dip here. In other words, I want healed, but I want healed the way I want healed. What? What? You seeking the healer or you seeking the drive through with an ATM? You and I don't get to demand what we want from God. Last time my children walked in my bedroom and told me what they wanted me to do for them and how I was going to do it and when I was going to do it and how much I was going to give them was the day that they got grounded and sent to the room and said, you don't talk to me like that. You'll learn some respect. But yet he's our father. Expectance with faith. Faith in who he is. Faith knowing that if I remain in you, and your word remains in me, and we got this thing worked out, then you will reward those who diligently seek you. You will reward those who seek you, who stay at your feet, those who are thankful, those who are welcoming, those who are going, I'm going, I take you at your word. Not, well, I, I just don't see the sore gone. I don't see it gone. God's saying, I don't need you to see it gone. Know that when I spoke, that's enough. Amen. Go and be healed because your faith has made you whole. Church, I'm telling you, I love America. I love the world that we're in. I love that I was born for such a time as this. I'm going to be honest with you. Whatever woman was working in the field one day that had on a dress and saw a man in jeans and said, I would love to put those jeans on. I don't know how he got those and I didn't. I am so grateful for her because I, if I had to wear dresses, God, no, I would just literally, this is about as dressy as I get, but I'm telling you right now, I'm thankful to be alive in the society that I'm in. But we have become so, so superficial in what we're willing to pay what we're willing to wait, what we're willing to patiently walk through. And I'm telling you that scripture shows us that sometimes we don't need to see, sometimes we don't need to hear, sometimes we don't need to feel, sometimes we just gotta know and believe in the Messiah that he's got everything okay. And you don't need to be walked around like a two-year-old anymore. Church, you've got this. But we must believe that he is. Jesus of Nazareth, the almighty God. We're in awe of who he is. He's not to be treated like Walmart treats us. Like McDonald's, remember, you get everything faster, it must be better. Faster and cheaper, that's what we do. I like faster and cheaper. I like immediately, I'm gonna be honest with you, but not always do I get immediately. 
But when I don't, I'm not upset. When I don't, my hope is not deferred that I become sick in my faith and stop using my faith. My hope might be deferred and I immediately, when I see that, I go, ooh, no, 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 come back, come back. That's not where we belong because Jesus' word is true. I come right back to the feet of Jesus. I start to remember all the times before that you've healed. I remember all the things that you've done for me in my life. I remember what it's like to remain in you. And I start speaking the scriptures. I start learning the scriptures. I start memorizing the scriptures. Why? Because these scriptures is his word in me. If you remain in him and his words in you, then ask anything anything in my name and I will give it to you. Whew. Sometimes healing's a walk. As they went, they were healed. As they went, some of these walks are short, some are medium, and some are long. The longer we walk, the more tired and the weary you and I can become. <laughs> I'm reminded of a father of faith in the Bible. His name's Abraham. And he's in the Old Testament. And when he was 75 years old, when an angel came to him and told him, you're going to be a father of many nations. And it's going to come from your seed. Well, I'm 75, in case you didn't get the ticket. <laughs> and Sarah was unable to have children. She had already started the whole hot flash world. Ladies, I'm just going to tell you all those out there that have been having hot flashes for all these years, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just hit 50. It's hot. It's, last week, two of the ushers gave me Kleenexes to wipe my face off because they thought I was sweating under the Holy Spirit. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. I was having a hot flash. Ladies, just pray. Just, just help a sister out. Everyone grab your fan. Grab your fan, act like it's hot in here. I understand. Yep, there you go. See, I see some older ladies. Yeah, now you got it. Support a sister, that's the way you do it. She was after her time. She was after her time. She could have no more children. She wasn't having her cycle anymore. But you know what? Abraham believed. Abraham and Sarah believed. They had a whole lot of struggle in the middle of that. But they ended up believing and they finally relented to the Lord and what he said. But do you know how long it was before they received the promise? 25 years. Let me tell you something. Sometimes it's a walk. It's a walk. Healing's a walk. Lord, I thank you that your word said I would be the heir to many nations. I thank you, Lord, that I'm the father. You showed me the stars and as many stars as I could see, you said that would be my heir. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know when, but I trust in your word because I'm remaining in you and your words remaining in me. And I trust that the almighty God knows better than I do for your thoughts are higher than mine. Your ways are better than mine. Lord, I'm just going to surrender my own thoughts. I'm going to surrender my own plan. I'm going to surrender Render the way that I thought you were going to do it. And I'm just going to let you do what only you can do. If you said it, it's true. If you said it, I can believe it and I can receive it. I can bank on it and it will be. Devil's in the details. Stay out of the details. You don't need to know how. You don't need to know when. You just need to keep walking. 
You just need to keep walking. And some of you, I'm going to be honest with you, you've dealt with the sickness that you're dealing with so long that you're crawling on the ground. You're crawling, but you're still moving and you're still using your faith and you're still believing in God. Don't give up. See, because God's coming back. He sent his son Jesus and he's going to come back and receive us all in the air. And he says, when I come, when I come back, will I find faith? Or will I find you shipwrecked on the shore? Because you were angry that I didn't do it when and how you wanted me to do it. Shipwrecked faith is a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been there. I've been there. But I'm telling you that this is a time to believe again. Believe again. I dare you. I dare you just to put your trust in him without your requirement. Because what he's doing is exactly what you need. See, that man that he said go and then met him, I'm just going to use halfway for an example. That's not true. That's not in the Bible. That's Nikki 101. Not true. Let's just assume if this man had gotten mad at that moment, when he gave up, what do you think would have happened? He would have never seen God as the God who meets me where I'm at. You and I would never have seen the very same hour. We wouldn't see something that wasn't there that really was there. See, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, he walked by. He said, hey, stupid thing, you ain't even no good. Be dead. Fruit tree dies the next day. Where do you think that death began? At the root. At the root. There's healing that needs to happen in our life, but where do you think that it starts? At the root of where it began. At the root. And there's some sicknesses that's not just, God's like, no, we're, we're going to use this. I didn't bring it, but since it's here, I'm going to use this and we're going to develop patience. And we're going to, this is the suffering. This is the trial, the tribulation that you and I don't want to go through. But I'm telling you, the enemy comes. And when the trial and the tribulation comes, we've been given the victory over it. We've been guaranteed an outcome. It will do that which God has asked us to do. Some of you just got to walk. You just got to keep walking. You got to keep walking. You got to keep believing. Even though you don't see. Even though you haven't heard the report of the Lord in the physical yet yet. It's coming. It's coming. And I'll tell you this, it doesn't matter if I take my last breath and a clicking elbow was still there. I will still be using my faith for healing and knowing that God is the healer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, we know you are able, we know you can, but even if you don't save us, in the midst of this fire, we will know that you are still the deliverer. You are still the protector. You are still the God of all gods. Church, we got to stop being so wishy-washy in our faith. That if we don't see a result right now, this very hour, in our minute, with my white shirt and my black shoes on, then I just will know it wasn't God because he didn't hear what I said. What in the world? Why do you care? You're healed. Come back and give thanks. Just come back and give thanks and sit at his feet and remain. I tell this story and I'm going to close. I tell this story because 
And I'm not going to mention who it was because I didn't ask for the, to tell the story. But there was a guy that we knew years ago. And when he first came to the church, he had colitis. Extreme colitis. Extreme colitis. Every time he ate, 20 minutes after, he would have to go to the restroom immediately. It, it was horrible. Years later, and, and throughout the years, we got to know them, we spoke to them, and he just said, he said, I'm just believing God for a full healing of colitis. I've been believing for years. I'm not giving up. I believe God's the healer. I know he's the healer. And though I deal with this sickness and this disease, they say it's getting worse and worse, and the time would get closer and closer and closer to having to go to the restroom after he ate because it was progressing. It was getting worse. And all of a sudden... Something came up, he couldn't go to the restroom, they went to the doctor, they found out that he had cancer. A big tumor, this big, I've seen a picture of it, big, in his colon. They said, well, we're going to have to remove that. You've got cancer. Oh my goodness, and then, oh, now he's got cancer. That's all right, that's all right. Weeks later, after treatment, surgery, everything's done and over with, they said, you know what? We've been thinking about this. And we think that even though you don't have a colon, we can take something and turn it around on the inside of your body. And it'll give you time to go to the restroom just like you were before. But you know what? We're, we're going to have to do the surgery. So they go ahead, they do the surgery, and they come out and they said, you know what? Because we cut out that part of your colon, we just thought we should tell you you're not going to have colitis anymore. What? Now I'm going to be honest with you. I could have chosen immediately. I would have rather chosen immediately to be healed of colitis that moment. No more gurgling stomach. No more having to go to the restroom every 20 minutes. No cancer tumor. No chemotherapy, whatever that looked like. I don't even remember what it was. But none of that. And immediately. But it was as they went. And no one would have thought that that would have been gone through to get where we are going. But I'm going to tell you something. I've seen that young man that is now a man today. And I will tell you that his faith is more fortified, more guaranteed than it's ever been before. I watched a true fight of faith ensue. And I'm telling you that he's better today than he was then. Though it wasn't the route he wanted to walk. God didn't make him walk that route. That was the enemy and the sickness and the devil and everything else in it. But I'm telling you that God used what the enemy had meant for evil and turned it around for good in his life. And now he's colitis free and doesn't even have to say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm healed. He gets to say, thank you, Jesus, that you healed me. And some of us just need to remember what we've been healed of. Some of us need to remember a walk to the doctor that revealed something that they didn't know, that there was something found that God revealed so that we could be healed in a different way than we wanted. I know that God's our healer. The entirety of this entire message on healing and this series was so that people that had believed that God was the healer and he didn't respond in the way that they wanted would begin to believe again. Begin to believe again. If 
Father, we just come before you today. I know it's a weird ending, but I've said what needed to be said immediately, the very same hour and as they went. God, today we just come before you. Father, and we just reveal that we're in need of a healer. Father, there's sicknesses and diseases in this church, Father, that we've dealt with. Some of us have walked a while. God, I just ask, Father, right now, anyone that has hope deferred in this house today, anyone, God, that you would just speak to their heart right now. Speak to their heart, Father, that they would see that maybe the way they thought you were going to do it wasn't that. Maybe how you were going to do it wasn't the how they wanted. God, we want to remain in you. Stay. Walk it out with you. And we want your word in us. God, we earnestly seek you. We don't seek what you can give us, but we seek you. Father, I'm going to be honest with you. Even if you didn't, I still know you as the healer. But I believe when I prayed, you answered. I believe when I prayed, you said yes. That's what your scripture says. Now, Father, I just believe that there might be somebody here today that says, yeah, I need physical healing. And I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus can just touch me and then it'll be over. I just believe that. But Pastor Nicole, I'm in need of something more. I need spiritual healing. See, God did come to heal our disease, but he also came to heal this disease called sin. If there's anyone here in this house today that would say, I need healing and forgiveness of sin. Maybe you saw the baptisms of the youth this weekend and you're like, that, I want that to be me. This church is here for you today because we believe that ultimately God has healed spiritual sickness, which is a life without him, a life filled with sin, a life filled serving the enemy. And I'm sure that your life is a complete mess, if that's the case. God doesn't promise that your life won't be a mess. He just promises that he'll be there in the mess. Church isn't a place for perfect people. This is where the people who decide that they need help come in order to be more like him who is perfect, though every day we fall short. Is there anyone in this house today that would say, Pastor Nicole, I want to give my life to Jesus and I don't want this service to go by without giving my life to Christ? Is there anybody? Yes. It says, I don't want to live with this sin. I want to be saved. I want Jesus to come and rule and reign in my heart and my life today. Okay. 
Everyone stand to your feet. If you're here today and you're sick in your body, we've been receiving emails, Facebook messages online, people waiting to have their faith built to pray, people learning about healing before they step into a line. I guarantee you that he is the healer. I guarantee you that he is good all the time. I know this, I've seen far too many miracles, far too many miracles to not believe. He's too good. Is there anyone that would like prayer today? And they say, and I'm talking physical, emotional, anything, even mental illness today. If you believe that God can heal you and you believe in Jesus as the Savior, Jesus of Nazareth, and you want prayer today, I want to pray over you. Is there anybody that wants physical prayer today? Come on, come on down, come on down. Fill this altar right now. We're going to pray. Don't worry, church. I'm not going to make you stay today. You don't have to stay. I'm going to pray you out, and we're going to keep praying for everyone else, if that's all right. But you are more than welcome to use your own faith with us this morning. Amen? Father, we just come before you. We release this congregation that does not need prayer. And Father, we ask, Lord, that you bless them, keep them in your way this week. Father, we thank you that you would speak to them. Speak to them, Father, in places that maybe their faith has become a little shipwrecked. Father, and they've stopped using it. For Father, we want to please you with our faith. And God, we're sorry if we've treated you like a drive-through. We're sorry if we've been, been a demanding brat. We trust you. We trust that your way is better than our way. And we know that when we pray, asking anything in Jesus' name, that you will do it. And Father, we receive that today. And we walk with a newfound faith, Father, that pleases you. Father, for when you come, you will find faith at only believe. You will find faith in the heart and the belief of these believers. Father, we choose to remain in you and your word to remain in us. Father, we earnestly seek who you are, to know you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are in our life and what you've done. And Father, I ask that you do what only you can do this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, go and be blessed. Amen and amen. We'll see you on Wednesday.